Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me, as he does every week, is my co-host, prep sports reporter, Brian Mosey. Brian, how are we doing on this Wednesday morning? Good. Yeah. No, it's been been a fun week. I um, was able to go see quite a bit of different types of sports this week, which was kind of fun. And uh, now I'm getting ready to embrace the negative five or negative six weather that's coming in this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward yeah. Like negative 20 overnights, I saw. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be plenty of fun, but we'll try to stay positive and talk about the past week when it was warmer <laughs> and we didn't have to worry about such things. But I am, yeah, we got the Super Bowl this weekend, so that's true. So we can at least bundle up inside, um, have that to enjoy on Sunday. I know it's all I'm going to be doing that day, but amen. So, yeah, but we had, like Brian said, we had a lot of different sports we got to this weekend um, basketball, wrestling, um, dance all of those different kind of sports. So um, kind of got a wide variety of stuff that we're going to talk about today. We saw in person um, and also talk a little bit about some big performances and also some scores from all the other sports that um, we didn't get to see in person this last week. Um, but the best place to start is where we both were last night. It hasn't been very often this year. We've both been um, at the same game. I think. Only, I, don't know. I don't know if it was that the first time. I don't even know. It, it does. I think so. Yeah. We, well, we were, besides dance. Yep. As to besides dance on Saturday, we had Apollo Tech boys basketball um, last night on Tuesday night. Um, you know, always, I think I've been at every Apollo Tech game since I started, basically. I think it's the fourth time I've seen them play um, since I started last year, and it's it's been really fun every time. This one was not fun at times. Um, it was a bit of a struggle throughout, um, but the ending ended up being pretty fun um, with some good back and forth. Uh, play some big shots at the end. Um, Apollo came back and won 50 to 45. Um, just from what you saw generally before we break down the game a little bit, what did you think of, of that performance? Yeah. I mean, like you said, a very slow start. Um, I think halfway through the first half, it was like eight to six. Um, so, I mean, it was a very, very slow start. Ball was just not going in, in the hoop. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was, for me, at least, it was fun to watch because I saw Tech play against Fergus Falls earlier in the season, but I've never seen Apollo play yet. And obviously, when you first think about Apollo, you think of last year's team with, you know, all the seniors and what they were able to do and make it to the state tournament, even though they didn't get to play there. Um, and so, I don't know, it was just like you kind of have that expectation coming in and then you realize there's a lot of young guys or like there's a lot of new new guys that maybe aren't as experienced in the varsity scene. So. Um, I know for them, it was a big win to get, um, just getting ready for February and soon you're going to blink and it's going to be section tournaments pretty soon here. So, um, definitely a good win for, for the Eagles, um, on, on, on Tuesday night. Definitely. Yeah. Jamari Abson led them with 12 points. Thomas Dew with 11 who fouled out with a couple minutes left. And at that point, we honestly kind of thought tech was, um, going to take advantage of that and probably close out that game. They, at the end of the first half, you know, I remember at one point, I think it was 12 to six. And then all of a sudden it was what, like 27 to 15 or so at the half tech, yep. you know, went on like a 21 to what is that? Like five run um, to end the first half. They looked in control. They looked composed. Um, Apollo didn't seem to be able to run their offense very well. They were turning over a lot, taking some not great shots at the rim um, and kind of having a lot of turnovers. It seemed like they kind of, um, got they were a little more I would say um composed in the second half and they seemed to um run their stuff a little better then and um not allow some of those easy baskets but 
especially with, you know, Thomas being out at the end, I really, I was kind of surprised that um, they stepped up big, hit a couple big shots, got some stops, um, made a couple of their free throws, which they were not making in the first half um, and got that win. Like you said, their second win of the year. Um, but that would have been tough if they would have dropped this one, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I know, I know for tech, obviously being 0 and five now it's, it's tough. Cause you know, you, you want to get that first win under your belt and tech did look good. Like you said, in the first half towards the, when they were closing out the first half, I mean, they were hitting, I think they hit three threes and was able to kind of get on a groove. KT Norwood was doing really good um, towards the end of the second half. Um, he was kind of leading the charge in a sense to kind of keep the game pretty close. Um, from what Jason Allen told me, head coach for Apollo, he kind of said they ran a lot of set plays towards the end of the game because of the fact that they didn't have, because back last year, you could really give the ball to anybody. I mean, you could give it to the Hoff brothers, you could give it to Porch, you could give it to Michael and say, Hey, you got 30 seconds, make it happen. And they could make it happen. Usually um, this year, not entirely sure. Cause especially with Thomas being out, cause he fouled out you're not entirely sure who can maybe step up in that role. Um, and so I think it was nice to see a different, a couple of different people with, you know, Jamari and then also um, Kumar. Um, they were, they were both very solid towards the end of this end of the game. And they were able to kind of get some stuff, um, get some nice shots down. Um, but then also I think the other big part was the defensive side. Um, Apollo has been kind of struggling defensively and Jason Allen will tell you that. <laughs> Um, till the cows come home. Um, and so this year or this last night, they, they kind of switched it up between man to man and um, the three, two zone. And um, they were able to kind of apply a little bit of more pressure on, on a tech's offense, um, cause some turnovers and be able to kind of chip away at that deficit more and more and more until they finally were able to tie up that game with, I don't know, I think it was like four minutes left in the, in the game. Um, and then it kind of seemed like that confidence or that momentum was kind of going towards the Eagles side um, to close out the game. Yeah. Kumar had a big three, um, kind of down the stretch. I think that might've before a layup right at the end, that might've been the last basket other than just some free throws. Um, but I remember that was a really big three. They got them pumped up. Um, he didn't play much in the second half too. So he came back late. Um, and to hit that shot was big for them shows he's one of the guys that can go to in a situation like that. Like you said, they're still trying to find that guy. And then, like you said, yeah, Jamari leading them in points was, was big for him for someone that didn't really play on varsity. Um, where we haven't seen a ton on varsity before this season. So, um, yeah, just it was it was a fun game. It was a good rivalry game. Um, like we said, we looked at each other a couple times in the first half, like, what is going on? Because it was just ball was going everywhere over the court. Nothing would go in. Um, and it was a struggle, but it seemed like they both kind of settled in about midway through that first half, and it was a lot better of a game. Absolutely. And then for other boys basketball, the other game that I got to see this week, um, a team no longer undefeated. They were undefeated at the time was Albany. Um, last Thursday, I got to finally get out and see them. They've been, especially this game as well, 82 to 45 um, over Malacca. They just, other than Mora, who they faced, dropped a close one to last night. They rolled through everyone in the Granite Ridge really so far this year. Um, Carter Beer had 17. Nolan Ruder had 13, Isaiah Garrett's 12 in that game. Um, just well-rounded scoring, attacking the basket. Um, they only hit one three-pointer until the last, you know, two minutes of the game, um, and they still put up 80 points. So, um, like their head coach, Corey Schlegel, said, you know, we couldn't shoot and we still scored 80. So, when you have that kind of situation, it's pretty good. Um, the thing I noticed with them compared to last year is they're trying to pay a lot, play a lot faster paced. Um, 
part of that too, Andrew Hahn, I think he's still in quarantine right now. Um, their post, who's kind of more their traditional post player. Um, so he hasn't been able to play for them, um, which he's a huge, he's, you know, a double, double type player when he comes back. So um, I don't think we've even seen the best of Albany yet this year with him out, but they definitely, every rebound, they're pushing the ball. They're trying to get to the basket, um, go up tempo in a way that Albany hasn't really in the past. It sounds like. Um, so that was fun to see too, for them to kind of switch up their style. He said, you know, with the athletes they have, they realize this is kind of the way they need to play. Um, they lost by six last night to Mora, who's undefeated in the top 10. So, um, and without Andrew. So, I mean, that's not, that's not a bad loss by any means, I would say. Um, Carter Beer had 15, Isaiah Garrett's and Ethan Navratil each 12 um, in that one. And as we've noticed from almost every box score, they have four or five guys between eight and, you know, 15 points every game. Really well-rounded. Um, and they play Melrose in a couple weeks, who's also undefeated. So um, I think that'll be another good test. Yeah, for sure. And I think the one common denominator when you look at all these different guys, Carter Beer football, Nolan Reuter football, <laughs> um, Isaiah Garrett's football. So I think a lot of these guys have known each other. They play with each other on multiple different teams, um, whether it's football, baseball, basketball. Um, so there's definitely a better team chemistry, I guess, in a sense when it comes to Albany, but like you said, yeah, dropped that one last night, but, um, definitely going to be exciting to see what happens these next couple of weeks. Cause I know they have a matchup against, um, Melrose, um, coming up in a couple of weeks. And obviously everybody knows what Melrose Albany, uh, rivalry is like, and especially when they're both very good, it can make it even better. So, um, yeah, I think definitely will be a fun one to, to watch as we get ready for these next couple of weeks. And the other team I would say that um, we're definitely going to keep an eye on going forward and we're finally going to get to see for the first time this coming Friday um, is Sartell, who only one loss to Alexandria. I know they kind of got blown out a bit in that game, but I don't think that's really too indicative of what we've seen from them the rest of the year. Um, they were able to get a 14-point win over Sock Rapids on Monday was their last game they played, 83-69. to 69. Um, Gus Gunderson with 18 points, 6 assists. Mason Lund with 17 points. Logan Clark with 16 and Blake Hartwig with 15. Um, so some big offense for them there. Um, Ethan Upsell, 32 points and four rebounds and a loss. Um, he continues to light it up uh, pretty consistently for Sock Rapids. They're just kind of still trying to find that um, second score that's able to get them double figures consistently um, is the big thing they're looking for. But for Sartell, you know, they beat St. Michael Albertville, another big school, um, just last game Friday. Mason, too. Yeah, 29 points in that one. Gus with 14. Um, it's been those two leading the way and they're getting a lot of nice games from, um, their posts and other guards as well, chipping in. So, um, they've only lost one game. Like we said, they're right behind Alexandria in the standing still just with that, you know, with that one loss. Um, and I'm excited to see kind of, as we continue to go forward now that they're five and one, um, they have Ricori on Fridays, the game we're going to be at Ricori has been kind of struggling. So we'll see if they can, um, bounce back in that game, but, I think it's just gonna be fun to see what they're kind of made of. And from what we've been looking at, I mean, with these first QRF rankings that came out, um, it looks like it's really them, Alexandria, and then the rest of the field in section eight, three a definitely. No, I think, yeah, I, I know for us, we're kind of hoping maybe for an Alexandria Sartell matchup for the section tournament um, for the section finals and um, looking like that more and more every day, a little bit more. Um, and so obviously we'll have to see how things go. Um, but yeah, I definitely, it was funny because last year, I think I went to probably three different Sartell games um, within the month or so that I, I started here. And now I haven't been to a single basketball mm-hmm. for, for Sartell. So I'm looking forward to seeing Mason um, and also Gus because last year Gus didn't really have 
I, I, the numbers that he has to this year a whole lot. Um, Gus was kind of more of a secondary role player in, in my mind with, with all the seniors that they had last year. Um, but obviously this year, just having to kind of step up in that role. And it seems like Mason and Gus have been doing a really good job with kind of taking over that point point scoring uh, role. Um, but yeah, no, definitely going to be a fun one to watch. Ricori lost to Alexandria by 17 last night. Um, not bad. I mean, especially against a, a really good Alexandria team um, where I think they've been putting, I mean, I think they've, they put up a 20 point difference between against Sartell. And then they also, I think did the same thing against Apollo as well. So um, yeah, 17 point difference is not that bad for, for a good Alexandria team like that. Um, but yeah, no, I think it'll be a lot of fun to kind of watch what they're able to do um, on Friday. And um, now we're kind of getting into the, the last part of the season in a sense, because um, Thursday we're going to be hearing from um the Minnesota state high school league on what's going to happen with sections and state tournaments. Um, so it, it sounds like things are going to be heading into the direction of at least section tournaments for sure. Um, state tournaments are still up for debate because of, uh, you know, the venues and different things like that, as well as bringing all these teams from all across the state together um, regarding COVID, not probably the most ideal. So they kind of have to figure out a different system to do that. But um, yeah, I think, this is definitely a team that could potentially be going for trying to get a spot in that state tournament. And one of the teams that you're going to have to beat is probably Alexandria and should be kind of fun to see how that one, uh, how that one goes um, as they get ready for a second matchup here before the section starts up. Absolutely. And then on the girls side, um, you were out at Albany last Friday. Um, you didn't know when you were going that Paige Meyer was only 25 points away from 2000. Um, but sometimes we get fortunate and stories just kind of fall into our laps. And that was one. Um, what was that like to finally, um, like you said, you hadn't got to see them play before since I was the one that covered them last year. Um, what was it like to finally get to see Albany this year? Well, Paige Meyer is really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, they, they played against Malacca and Malacca isn't that strong of a team. So I kind of knew that it was probably going to be a little bit more of a blowout. Um, so definitely was able to see a bunch of different um, teams or a bunch of different players come out and play, which is kind of fun to see because you get to see some of that younger, younger talent step up a little bit. Um, but yeah, for Paige Meyer, she needed 25 points to, to reach her 2000th career point. She got that. Um, she scored exactly 25 points and then sat on the bench because uh, they were up by, 25 or 30 or something like that. So, um, but yeah, Albany got the 76 to 30 win. Very fun to see Meyer get, get her, um, get her 2000th career point. I know she got her 2000th career set, um, in volleyball earlier this year. So definitely some milestones for her to, to accomplish this year. Um, but for her, she's just really fortunate to have the teammates that she has to be able to kind of help her through this and be able to strive to be the best in a sense. And so, um, but yeah, definitely a fun one to watch. Um, you just kind of have all these different types of skills. Um, you know, Abby Christian and, um, Duran Carlson, they both had 12 points, which, um, I mean, for Carlson, she was, she, I think she had two threes or three threes, um, for the Huskies and Abby's that, you know, typical point guard that kind of helps out with, with, with Paige being able to kind of set up sets and different things like that. And so, yeah, just a lot of fun to watch. Um, just a very, very good, solid team all around, both as a guard position as well as forwards. Um, 
you know, you can have, you have a player in the, in the paint that can do her job, but you can also have Paige Meyer being able to do what she does best, which is kind of control the game in a sense. So um, yeah, no, it was a very fun game to watch. Um, they came back and be, were able to beat up on Mora 80 to 29 or 28 on Tuesday. So they remain undefeated. Um, going to be, I, honestly, I don't know what team's going to beat them because <laughs> they have, it, it seems like they have control of that Granite Ridge and they are basically pretty dominant as they get ready for section tournaments. So um, be interested to see who could possibly be trying to, take over their undefeated role. Yeah. From what, from what it, the, the schedule kind of looks like they have new London Spicer and Sox center who are both highly ranked um, consistently teams coming up in March, but that's still a ways away. They have a lot of Granite Ridge games until then. Um, so yeah, I think it might not be until then that we see kind of how they stack up with um, some of the top teams in class two, two a of which they are they're ranked number two, I still believe um, Yeah, in the class. So, Big for them to continue rolling like that. Second in the conference right now um, is Cathedral, too, who's been having a pretty good year. Um, they got a 46-42 to 42 overtime win over Malacca last night. Um, Caitlin Both hit a buzzer beater three to send the game to overtime. Um, she also had eight rebounds and three blocks, and Kate Stangler had 11 points um, to lead the Crusaders to that one. But it just kind of shows the disparity where they're going to overtime with Malacca and Albany is, you know, beating them by 30, 40 points. Um, Albany is kind of a class of their own at the top of that conference right now, but it'll be fun when Cathedral does get to play Albany for the first time, um, see how they stack up head to head because um, night to night, it can change so much, especially in high school basketball. So we'll see how those match up. They're going to meet pretty soon. Um, and also another kind of rivalry game, Sartell, Sock Rapids. Um, Sock Rapids came in with the better record, but Sartell came out with the win 57 to 39. Um, Aiden Larson and Megan Dristy with 10 points apiece for them. Um, and Addie Froyland led Sock Rapids with 10. So Sartell now at three and three, um, Sock Rapids at three and two. So two pretty evenly matched teams there kind of sitting in the middle of the central lakes, um, that are also having a little bit of success so far this year. And I think that about wraps up basketball. We could go into about 15 other scores, but we only have so much time. Teams play so much, especially this year. Um, just cause they're trying to cram in so many games, um, in this, you know, abbreviated season. So a lot of teams, two, three games, um, but we have roundups, other stuff. Um, you can also check the standings, um, at a variety of places to see how those teams are hanging through the first, um, couple weeks of the season. But for now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk dance, um, wrestling, and then also college basketball of all the other games. Um, we got to see in person this last week. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after that. And we're back with the SC Times Sports Report podcast. If you want to read more about what Brian and I are doing, look at photos, all of that kind of stuff, make sure to subscribe to sctimes.com. Had a couple features roll out this last week um, that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, And there's just a lot of other content that's coming every day. Um, I think I counted, we had like 
20 something stories last week. Um, Not bad. High school and college related. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot happening. So we're trying to keep everyone up to date. So um, doing our best with all of that. Um, a lot of events happening as we've been talking about already today. And another one we were at bright and early on my Saturday morning. Brian, um, I don't know what he did, but he convinced me to go to Sartell at 9 a.m. Um, to watch three hours of dance. Um, I didn't even get you any like coffee or any- oh, nothing. So that was pretty impressive that you came. Yep. Um, but we got to see all of our, um, almost all of our area teams compete. All the Central Lakes teams compete at the conference meet. Um, they competed in different waves and it worked out nice because all our teams were in the first two waves. Um, if that wouldn't have been the case, I don't know if I would have stuck around for all three waves. <laughs> I would have been like five, six hours there that morning. But um, not too surprisingly, Sartell first in high kick and jazz. I know it was the first time I got to see them this year. Um, looked impressive as always. Um, Sock Rapids and Recore each flip flopped um, third and fourth for high kick and jazz. Sock Rapids finishing higher in high kick. Um, in the St. Cloud co-op between Tech and Apollo was fifth for both. Um, I know this was the, you'd already seen Sartell and Ricori before this year. Um, first time you saw Sock Rapids and St. Cloud, kind of what were your takeaways? Yeah, I mean, when it came to St. Cloud, just kind of, I, I knew talking to Courtney, head coach Courtney Gordon, she was kind of saying, you know, it's it's a younger team. So, you know, and, and their size was a little bit smaller just because of the co-op. Um, since they had to co-op because of size, um, that was one of it. But um, definitely a fun routine for them. Um, I know they they had a lot of fun choreographing it and, you know, finding the uh, music and different things like that. Um, but I guess in my sense, not a surprise that they're over there just because of the competition that was above them. Um, I mean, obviously, Sartell's so dominant. Um, the big surprise was for me was Brainerd. They got second in both. Um which that's not a team that I guess I was expecting a whole lot. Um, and so they, they had a really good routine for both jazz and high kick. So definitely deserved that number two spot. Um, but Sock Rapids, they were fun. Um, the high kick routine, very um, kind of had a little bit like a jungle theme um, in a sense. Um, but they, they had a lot of fun with it. Um, and from the sounds of it, that one, the seniors picked out the music. They picked out the choreography. They kind of let them do their own thing because there was so many seniors on the team um, and because of this condensed season. So definitely a fun one to watch, but yeah, I think kind of what I was expecting, I guess, in a sense, besides Brainerd um, Sartell getting number one um, wasn't, wasn't sure what Brainerd was going to be able to bring, but apparently brought a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, I think the big part is, is now the hard part is, is you got to look at it from, you know, Sartell and Ricori are both double A schools. St. Cloud and Sock Rapids are both triple A schools. So even though the results look that way, now you got to kind of break it down and be like, okay, how is Sock Rapids going to do against the other triple A teams? You know, because obviously Sartell's a powerhouse, regardless if you're triple A, double A, or single A, they're just really good. Um, but I mean, like Sock Rapids is going to be competing against other teams that are kind of in the same caliber as them. So it's just wondering whether or not they're going to get one of those top three spots to get into state um, or it it might happen. It it might happen. It might not. So um, yeah, I think this year there's just a lot more questions than last year. Last year you kind of knew, okay, you know, these teams are really dominant, really good. 
Um, this year, it's kind of like, you know, you have Sartell, you know, they're going to, they're going to do what they do, but then you have, you know, a lot of more questions heading into these last couple of weeks as they get ready for, because I think sections for dance is going to be earlier um, than most other sports. So they're kind of more into like the last three weeks of the regular season before they start getting ready for sections. Yeah. And I just know from how it was split up, the first section was Sock Rapids, um, St. Claude and Alexandria. And there was just like polite clapping and it was very, felt like a 9 a.m. type of atmosphere. And then when Sartell, Brainerd and Ricori came at 1030, like it was like you were in like the final seconds of a section championship game for basketball. <laughs> it kind of reminded me more of what the dance meets were like when I was at one or two last year, just that kind of uh, energy doing the we are Sartell chance, all of it. Um, they, they brought it, you know, there was a lot less people than probably normal, but there were still a lot of parents there. Um, they got to see it. So we were at that Saturday, um, Friday night, I was at St. John's basketball, um, college basketball, got to see them open their season, um, with a really dominant win. Um, they, after that, win, they're ranked, um, number third in the country right now, they finished last year ranked, um, number two in the country. Um, but the first, uh, D three poll came out for men's basketball, um, following that win. So, um, you know, they played St. Mary's, they started off just insanely hot from downtown. I think they were seven of eight on threes in the first half, um, and made their first seven. I don't know if I've ever seen a half of basketball like that, especially in person. It was just literally everything they put up, um, was going down before they got that 87 to 64 win. Um, they were put up 50 in the first half, um, just looked Kind of took off right where they were from last year. A couple starters from last year, too. Colton Cadute, he was 7 of 8 shooting, uh, 21 points, 6 rebounds. Um, he was Mayak Player of the Week in the first week. And Zach Hansen, he had 21 points and 7 rebounds as well. So um, Johnny's off to a hot start. They were 27 and 2 last year, you know, went on a 19 20 game win streak. Um, this year's going to be just a lot different because they only have about five a five week season before what could potentially be an NCAA tournament. N- if you think the high school league isn't certain on what a, a postseason is going to look like, you should see college because these NCAA tournaments <laughs> are even more up in the air with literally no idea how they're going to get pulled off other than, you know, division one, we know is all going to be in Indianapolis, but every other division, like every other sport, I don't think anything has been truly determined yet. Um, That's good. <laughs> yep. And even some of the division two conferences are like just releasing what they're conference tournaments are going to look like you know like this week and they're coming up in like three weeks um Mayak isn't going to have a conference tournament they're just having regular season um but it's it's better than nothing so it's it's fun it was fun to be out there it's a lot different they basically take up one half of um the bleachers and just set up and space out all the um chairs for the benches a lot I'd say a lot more socially distanced than high school games these are actually like only there's like four rows of five and stuff and you're, you're legit six feet apart between everyone and you have your specific chair and all that kind of stuff. Um, so they're doing a really good job with keeping that. There's no fans at these games, unlike high school. Um, but they, funny enough, they don't have to wear masks when they're on the court. So that's flipped from high school too. Um, so it's, it's a bit different, um, but it was cool to get out there to Collegeville again, be inside um, Sex and Arena where they've, been almost unbeatable the last three seasons um and it proved it kind of didn't matter they always have an insane home court advantage um with their crowd but it was clearly just the basketball they were just better that night um wasn't just the crowd so they got that win um they're gonna be action i think tonight on wednesday and also again saturday um and saturday i'm gonna go out to st ben's 
um, to see their one of their uh, first games at home too. So getting to finally get a little bit more of that Division three um, college basketball that I haven't got since I think last like March. So um, that was fun for me on Friday night. Definitely. No, I'm always good to check out because I know it's been a lot of St. Cloud State stuff for the last few weeks. And so it's nice to kind of get a little bit more of a, become that true college sports writer and mm-hmm. um, be able to check out a bunch of different things. And I know you got, you got a couple of different stories coming out for St. Ben's and, and different things like that. So um, kind of fun to see what that's all about. So make sure to check SC times for that um, as he starts rolling those out later on this weekend um, and, and so forth. But yeah, for me, Thursday night, I was over at wrestling over at Sartell. Um, definitely a, Fun matchup between Ricori, Fergus Falls, and Sartell. Obviously, two um, two teams in our area that we cover, so always a fun one to go to. Um, kind of killed two birds with one stone. Um, but yeah, Thursday, Ricori got the better hand of Sartell. Uh, they won fifty-two to thirty. Um, some very impressive wins by um, Ricori with um, Evan Motsko, Austin Motsko, um, Carter Thielen, Luke Hem- Hemish. Um, they kind of were the main people, um, Grady Minroth, um, they both were kind of that, those solid players that are those solid wrestlers that, uh, Dustin Kramer had been kind of looking for, um, and kind of leading the charge in a sense. Um, Austin Motsko, I don't think has lost a match yet this season. Um, and that just shows how good he is. He's ranked in, in the top 10 for his respective weight class at, you know, 152, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a, and then on the other side, Sartell also had some really good performances. Um, Sartell won 55 to 12 against Fergus Falls, whereas Ricori won 69 to 12 um, against Fergus Falls. Um, Spencer Johnson, we kind of know that name a little bit, um, being a state qualifier last year. Um, he was able to kind of show his strength. Um, Will Budge was also is a very good wrestler that um, was able to pin the his Ricori opponent um, in that matchup, um, and then Ethan Torgrimson, I <laughs> kind of a weird name to say for wrestling because it's his first year doing it, but man, has he looked good! Um, took down, I think it was the number five ranked uh, two twenty wrestler in at Mamiji, um, and not only took him down, but like threw him down. Um, I know you and I were able to see that highlight on Twitter the other day and kind of hard to do that when it's a 220 pound man, but uh, Ethan was able to get that done. Um, But yeah, so definitely a fun, fun one to watch, especially being a new, new guy on the team and not really knowing what he was going to be able to do. Obviously he's, he's got the strength and he's got the power, but you know, trying to correlate that into an actual wrestler um, is a different, uh, different challenge in itself. And then finally, the other one that kind of sparked my eye was Dylan Enriquez um, did a feature on him. Um, just a very interesting journey for him. He's he started wrestling in, as a kindergartner. Um, his dad taught him pretty much everything he knows about wrestling. And after he did his first youth tournament, he was hooked and he loved wrestling. Um, did it basically all year round, um, has gone to a bunch of national tournaments obviously wrestled at Sartell was part of the Sartell program as a seventh grader kind of worked his way up and started learning more about it. His freshman year, he finished 39 and five, which is beyond impressive. Um, and then 
after his freshman year in May of 2019, I uh, went to go to a national tournament in Rochester and was trying to kind of defend a, an attack from his opponent and proceeded to land on his knee along with the other opponent or the other wrestler landing on his knee, heard a few pops and a couple cracks and found out that he tore his ACL, his MCL, as well as um, a partially torn meniscus, which in terms of sports, not good. Um, that's at least usually about a 12 month process to get back on track and your season is basically over. So for him, it was crushing because his sophomore year was pretty much done. Um, but he learned a lot during his sophomore year and now he's back for his junior year this year and he's looking really good. Um, he has pretty much pinned the majority of his guys that he's competed against. I think he has maybe a couple of losses, but if so, it'd be like one or two. Um, and he's just, been very dominant um what he he's an offensive type of wrestler so when that whistle goes he he goes after the guy right away so um he doesn't really brush around the or you know beat around the bush in a sense so um but yeah no definitely a fun fun one to write um if you haven't checked it out it's subscriber only so you'll have to get a subscription which i would highly recommend because not only this one but there's going to be future ones ahead that zach and i are going to be writing that are going to be subscriber only and they're really fun to read. Um, we don't really get to do a whole lot of feature stories a lot. So when we do, it's a lot of fun to write because usually we're running around at games and different things like that. So always fun to kind of get a couple of those feature stories done every week. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're going to plan on doing as the month of February kind of goes on. Cause I know for Zach and I, we both like writing those feature stories as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good one. So make sure to check that out. Like Brian said, I'm also going to have ones on, um, Sartell native Spencer Meyer. He's been doing well as a captain for St. Cloud State Hockey, top five ranked in the country. Um, that'll be coming later this week. And also Maddie Schmitz, um, an Albany grad, um, who's the, the sole senior and captain for St. Ben's, um, leading them into this season to have a feature on her. So, um, like you said, make sure to subscribe to sctimes.com, continue to support that. Um, you'll get to continue to see um, those type of local stories and coverage. So, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, on the other side of it, this will be our last break. Um, we're going to break down um, just a couple, hit those those scores, notes, um, important highlights from the rest of the winter sports going on um, that we haven't touched yet today. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after that. And welcome back to the podcast. We're just going to hit some news and notes here to finish up the podcast. Um, in boys hockey, after losing 10-1 to 1 to Hermantown last Saturday, Cathedral clearly used some of that motivation last night at the MAC. 13-2 um, win over Prairie Center. Um, about five, six guys had their first varsity goals. Um, Jacob Hirschfield with three assists, two and goal of his own. Um, just, yeah. Uh, it's not even worth going through them all because there's just way too many names to list. Um, but we were at the we were at the Apollo Tech game when this was happening, and you were looking at updates on Twitter, and it was like what, like ten to one with like ten minutes left in the second period. Like, yeah, no, it was it was a 
it was a, uh, when I saw Ian Strong going in halfway through the second period, I was like, well, yep, they got that one in the bag. So yep. I, I know, I know Derek Brown wants to see how Ian Strong can play because um, it's always good to see how your backup can do, but yeah, definitely took out their frustration from their 10 to one loss to Hermantown, obviously Hermantown being the number one team in the state. So a very tough matchup for a younger cathedral team um, and having to travel all the way up to Hermantown as well or down or wherever it is. Um, and yeah, so definitely a good, good bounce back game for sure. Um, I know they've had a couple losses al- along the way last week. And so rankings wise, I know they were at 13, I think last time. Um, not sure if they'll be in the top 20 this year or this, this week. Um, but we'll see how things go. Yeah, and St. Cloud um, getting a 2-0 to zero win over Alexandria last week to continue playing pretty well for them. Um, almost every other team either canceled, rescheduled. We're probably assuming COVID protocols for most of those. We don't really um, know, but that seems to be the safe bet when you start seeing that pop up for multiple teams. Yeah. Um, the boys' hockey slate might be a little um, sparse compared to some of the other sports over the next week or so, but hopefully if that is the case, all those teams um, get back to playing as soon as possible because – you hate to have to miss three, four games in a, in a season where you're already only playing, you know, a dozen, 16 yeah. games compared to normal. Well, I'll, I, I'll be at the St. Cloud Moorhead game at the Mac on Saturday um, as the one lone team, I think, well, besides Cathedral, that is playing for boys hockey right now. Um, but I will be over there. Um, Moorhead kind of having a little bit of an off year, but still Moorhead usually being a solid team every year um, should be kind of a fun matchup between – St. Cloud and Moorhead, always a good, always a good rivalry game in a sense um, as they get ready for the section tournament um, in a few weeks. Yeah. And on the girls hockey side, um, I'd say the big surprise has been how good Sartell Sock Rapids has been Um, to start this year. They tied River Lakes, who was previously undefeated um, and ranked pretty well in class A. Um, They both tied two to two last weekend um, with Rachel Whelan scoring both goals, Megan Dorns saving 27 of 29 shots. Um, so they were able to get that tie. And then just going into um, last night, they were able to win 5-1 to one over Bemidji um, and put in another huge performance. They're undefeated so far this year. Um, they, had to, they had to miss a couple games. Um, their first game or two got canceled, but since then they've been um, on a roll with every game they've played. St. Cloud also getting a 3-2 to two win over Buffalo last night. So um, River Lakes dropped a game last night to Fergus Falls for their first loss. Um, but otherwise, all the all the area teams kind of starting to get into the winning column for girls hockey and looking pretty solid so far. Yeah, last night, Rachel Whelan being able to do what she does best and score, um, got the hat trick last night against Bemidji. So really good performance for her. Um, also, a big, a big name is Morgan Dorn. She's been phenomenal this year um, as goalie kind of having to take over that Chloe Stockinger um, role for the, for the Storm and Sabres and doing a very good job of it um, so far. And um, with St. Cloud Buffalo um, the, uh, last night, um, Catherine Bell just continues to keep rolling. Um, she's been kind of having the hot stick lately these last couple of weeks, scored two more goals last night. Um, and then Kaylee Falconer was able to get 23 saves on 25 shots um, last night as well. So, um, River Lakes, Fergus Falls, definitely a tough team. So not, I mean, it's not like a huge surprise or anything like that. Both of them very good teams. Um, so, um, but yeah, going to be interested to see how things go. I know next week we'll be kind of going, we, there's a lot of 
girls hockey matchups, good girls hockey matchups um, next Tuesday that I think we'll be kind of splitting and going to. So um, we'll have plenty of content that night with uh, girls, girls hockey as we get ready for um, the first couple weeks of February. Absolutely. And um, we also have some skiing teams, some local teams face off on this last couple of weeks as well. Um, last night in Alpine meet, um, St. Cloud was third in boys and second in girls. Um, ben Nelson was second in the boys race and Ella Doles was first in the girls race. So um, big performances there. And then the previous Thursday um, that Dave Schwartz was at taking pictures of freezing his butt off for hours. Um, Thank you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. As always taking somehow taking and finding the, the, the worst situation and making light of it, making, making good out of it. Um, got to see all the local teams compete. Um, Sartell cathedral, um, was first for boys and girls. Um, on the girls side, Ren Scott Lumbar from tech took first. Um, and then on the boys side, Jonathan Nemeth was first for Sartell cathedral. Um, so those are kind of the two names I would say I would expect to be, um, you know, the biggest contenders to be at state as individuals again, um, like they have been in the past and both putting in good performances here in that meet over here in St. Cloud. Yeah, definitely. And, and I guess lastly for, um, the podcast for boys swimming, um, had a couple of really good game or good meets last night. Um, tech Recory cathedral, their, their co-op, they beat Wilmer's 97 to 88. Chris Morris, who, um, came onto the team this year for that one, for one season has signed with, uh, the university of Minnesota. He broke two, two pool records with the hundred free, um, and the 100 backstroke. Um, their 100 or 400 yard freestyle relay um, with Tom Hoffman, Karsten Reuter, Stephen Davis, and Chris Morris. They finished first with a time of 322.47. So, um, very good performance by those um, individuals and, and the team as an overall. Always nice to get a nice win to start off the week. Um, Sartell continues to show their dominance. Um, they won last Thursday against Sock Rapids 107 to 77. Last night, they um, went over to St. Michael Albertville and won 106 to 80, um, broke 11 pool school records or pool, pool records, not school records, pool records. Um, so obviously you can see how good that night was for the Sabres. Um, let me put on my shocked face um, that they were able to get the win. Um, just a very dominant crew this year once again. Um in the words of Jason Anderson, big, big G Garrett Baraz, um, he placed first in the 50 freestyle with a 22 second um, time, 22 flat, which is really impressive. I know those numbers came like late last season. So the fact that he's been able to swim that this, this season so early just shows the amount of uh, work that he's been putting in this off season. Um, Lil G uh, George Larson, um, they, he had a pool record at the 200 IM um, and he took the top spot with a 205 time um, for them. Um, and then Carter, Carter Larson also put, um, had a pool record at the 500 freestyle um, being able to finish first um, with a time of 554, which is very impressive because 500 free is a very hard event to do because you have to keep swimming and keep swimming in the words of finding Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. So, um, but yes, overall a very good, 
um, performance by Sartell. They will continue to keep uh, trying to stay undefeated this season as they get ready for um, that section tournament and such, um, which I'm kind of excited for. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens tomorrow with um, the Minnesota State High School League Board of Directors meeting um, because we're going to learn basically by tomorrow. If you check SC Times in the afternoon, you will learn whether or not sections and state tournaments will be happening um, because that is what their agenda is um, at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So um, definitely check back at at the sctimes.com for that because um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what what they're going to do, if there's going to be any changes to like the state tournament, just based on the fact that, you know, you're going to have teams from the South, from the North, from the um, central area. Um, and I think it'll be kind of interesting to see how they kind of correlate everything because there are certain sports like basketball, um, like hockey that I think could potentially have a state tournament um, just due to the fact of getting them out of the arena right away, cleaning everything up and bringing in the next team and kind of doing that for the entire day. Um, but then there are certain sports like gymnastics, like wrestling, where it's more individual based. Um, and so there is a potential for people to possibly be wrestling, you know, seven different school or individuals from seven different schools, um, in a day, which I don't know if that's what they want. Um, but we can also, there's also other options in the sense of trying to extend it in like a five day type of thing, or like a four day type of thing, um, rather than like two days. So Kind of depends on how things go, um, but yeah, be very interesting to see what happens as they kind of talk more about this at the meeting tomorrow. So stay tuned on that. Absolutely, and yeah, with something like swimming too, we we could possibly see something like the virtual, you know, meets where people are competing in different pools around the state and compiling those all for a final result. Because I don't know how you're going to get you know, fifty, sixty, whatever, into you know, teams with different individuals at one meet that doesn't really seem. Um, likely at this time but like you said you we truly just do not know so um like brian said stay tuned for tomorrow and i think we'll hopefully have a lot more answers um on what the rest of our winter is going to look like because right now we we have this regular season schedule and that's about all we've um even committed to because it's not even worth worrying about uh further on right now but yeah make sure to tune into that and hopefully next week when we talk um on the podcast here we'll have a lot more information on that and plenty of more sports to break down for you. But I think that should do it for this week's podcast. So once again, to everyone, thank you for supporting and listening to the SC Times Sports Report. And we'll see you again next time.